What's up, everybody? Welcome back to Vitamin Lead, your healthy dose of leadership. I'm your host, TJ Reed, and it is December 1st. We have exactly one month left to this year. What have you done with your 2019? I feel like John Lennon, another year older and a new one just begun. I won't continue to sing because then I have to pay copyrights, I think, so... Oh, but this has been so fun. We are a little under nine months into this podcast. And so what I thought these first couple weeks of December I wanted to give you was a best of. Um, And then the third week of December, I believe we're going to have an interview with the one, the only Santa Claus to hear about his leadership model and his business models. And so I hope that you'll enjoy that. And then we're going to take a couple weeks off at the end of December so that you can enjoy your family and we can enjoy our family and friends as well. And then, man, I'll tell you what, 2020 is already getting really exciting. Um, I'm looking forward to sharing with you uh, a few interviews right off the bat. Uh, We have been going at it really hard to get some great interviews for you. Uh, We will have Bill Coletti, uh, who is the CEO and founder of Kith, which is a reputation management company. Uh, Man, what a great conversation that was. I hope that you'll listen into that. Uh, Then that'll be followed up by our interview with Dr. Bob Habib, uh, who just wrote a book called You Thought All Leaders Were the Same Until This Happened. He wrote uh, what's uh, Choose Your Own Adventure leadership book which is so cool so um those are just a couple of the people that we're going to start off the new year with i hope that you'll join us in the new year and then really exciting for those of us our friends that are in the hampton roads area virginia beach or even anywhere around that area that would like to join us we are going to be doing a special seminar on leap day it's a leap year can you believe that and so when i realized it was a leap year and that the leap day takes place on a saturday we're going to do a morning seminar called take a leap into 2020 and so friends man if you are in the hampton roads area check us out on facebook uh put that you're interested in that event and as we get more details i look forward to sharing it with you because that is going to be a blast so today best of season one this is our leadership bundle you got four episodes in here that have been some of our highly requested episodes on leadership Uh, you have who is a leader that's the one about the porch swing the planted flag and the power cord Um, how will leadership look in the future Uh, this is some of the lessons about the road trips and things like that and then uh, one that i have taught many times since this podcast first went live uh, is the new leader in the room parts one and two so friends enjoy and if you would share this with somebody else that might enjoy this podcast and if you haven't done so yet before this year's up would you like us would you review us on apple podcasts and uh, make sure that you're following us friends i hope that you have a great start to your december and we will talk to you real soon bye-bye What is up, Vitamin Lead World? I am your host, TJ Reed, and you are tuning back into Vitamin Lead, your healthy dose of leadership. I am so glad that you're listening. People are listening from 10 states, various cities in those states, and at least four countries that we've been able to count across the world. Thank you for listening. I'm so glad that you're a part of this. Uh, This is kind of a a bonus podcast that I wasn't expecting to record, but just experienced some things heard from a listener today, and it just really caused me to want to create a a new podcast today uh, based around this topic of who is a leader. It just, man, this has just been like echoing inside of me today. Who is a leader? And so let me give you some context here. Just this morning, I received a message from a parent of a teenager that said, Hey, I'm not necessarily a leader, but I wanted you to know that the podcast Curiosity Killed the Excuses, the one that we just launched yesterday, uh, really helped me with how I view my teenager. I read that and I was like, that's cool. I want to be more curious, they said, about the competitors of his friends, his school, and others who are influencing him. I just want to be better at asking more questions and not giving up so easily. 
Isn't that amazing? Don't you love hearing stuff like that? When I heard that, I said, man, I loved hearing the story of how this person was moved and challenged to dig into the heart of their mind and teenager. But you know what really bothered me about that statement? It was the the first sentence that this person wrote that said, I'm not necessarily a leader. And I realized that maybe some of the mistake I have sometimes is that I, listen, I do share about business leadership quite often. And I want to encourage those of you that are in business and in, in actual leadership positions. But I, but I wanted to encourage those of you who don't have a position or title to begin to see yourself differently. And so as I began to just ruminate on this today and think about the, that question, who is a leader? I just came up with three pictures uh, of leaders, three, three types of leaders. Uh, that you may not see yourself as a leader, but I'm telling you that you're a leader. And so here's here's the three. I just want to share them with you real quick. Number one, power cords. Power cords. Has your cell phone ever been on like 3% and you walk into a room and there's like angelic music surrounding you as you take that power cord and oh plug it into your phone. It's just such a uh, exciting thing to, to find a power cord, right? And power cords, these people are influencers. They can take a low battery and bring up the charge, right? You, you know these people? People get happier or people feel heard or people feel challenged in a good way when these people are around. This is one way that I really believe that the younger generation of teenagers are getting it right. I don't often hear them use the word leader. A word that they use quite often is influencer. People are social influencers or however you want to do that. If you're the mom of a teenager, which at least one of you is that's out there, I'm sure you're quite aware of YouTube stars or video game players that's an influencer online with your kid, right? So you might be the one who can make babies and kids smile and feel secure. You're a leader. Or you listen and encourage seniors at your apartment complex. You're a leader. Or you're the teacher who kids come to when life has gone to crap for them. You're a leader. I could mention a million more examples, but ultimately I'm telling you, don't sell yourself short power cords because there's people that are coming to you with 3% left on their battery and their daily jolt of you, their weekly jolt of you is making a difference in them being able to carry on their, their power to keep going on a little bit further. Power cords. Second group of people, planted flags. You know, you've seen like the the Iwo Jima statue where these men are planting this flag. Uh, You've seen the Braveheart movies or whatever else where people just plant a flag that this is it. This is where we're at. And uh, these are people that are courageous people of conviction. Think somebody like Joan of Arc, right? Uh, One day she she said, she was there in a battle, and she said, I will lead these men over the wall. One of the generals said to her, not a man will follow you. So she kicked right back at him and said, I won't be looking to see if they're following me. <laughs> this, is, this is what planted flags do, right? These, these are leaders that lead by their convictions. At times, these people can really piss you off. Because of how stubbornly convinced they are. You know, you know, some of these people, maybe you are that person. You're like, yeah, I piss some people off sometimes when I do this sort of stuff. But these people are are folks that can revolutionize power structures in our world like nobody else can. Think of Martin Luther nailing the 95 theses to the door in Wittenberg. Think Martin Luther King Jr. marching arm in arm from Selma to Montgomery across that bridge, knowing what awaited on the other side. How about this? Don't just think about Martin Luther King Jr. Think about who marched next to him that's name isn't published as widely as Martin Luther King Jr. Those are also planted flags, people of conviction. Just because you don't get the spotlight doesn't mean that you're not important in leading forward in conviction in who you are. Conviction, like Martin Luther King Jr. and and others learned, it may leave you alone. It may leave you beaten at times. But these people, I think that the amazing thing about deep conviction is that these people start with leading themselves and eventually 
the world follows. People follow them because there's something attractive about somebody that deep in the core of who they are, they believe this. You might be the, the person, the planted flag that takes on the prisoner court system that so unfairly treats people or kids or minorities or others. You might be the one who's an ethical salesman in a shady business. You might be the one who speaks up when everybody else shuts up. Planted flags. And the last group of people, who's the leader? Call these people porch swings. These are the people who know everybody and they do a tremendous job of connecting the right people together. Porch swings. When you think about it, these, these back in the day, these are the place that people gathered just to talk about life. The neighborhood would gather at these places. You hear these folks saying stuff like, Hey, uh, Bob here's from Charleston. I think you spent some time there too, Tracy, right? I think you guys got something in common there. These, 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 these are folks that just have a million conversations and remember a million details and connect people to these things. They might not have a position of leadership, but they're influential in the way that they're connecting people one to another. This world is so isolated that the, it, it's so important that we have people that can connect one to another, that give people a sense of belonging in a place where they can call home. These are, <laughs> it's going to sound funny, but these people feel like Cracker Barrel in a human form. Right? You ever been to Cracker Barrel? You just feel like you're like coming home to the porch. I feel like I'm coming to my grandma's porch when I go to Cracker Barrel, right? Um, a, a perfect example of this is somebody like Bill Clinton, who he was, I'm telling you, he was a master at this and probably still is right. So brilliant at remembering people's names, what they did, fun facts about these folks. It's what made him a master politician that he could connect people in this way. And I'm sure you can think about the port swings in your life that connect people one to another. And so I'd love to, hey, maybe you're not one of those three pictures. What picture are you? I want to hear what picture you are. What are you? Uh, but but maybe, you, maybe one of those three things does resonate with you. Are you a power cord that when you come in, you give people a jolt to their battery that they needed so badly? Are you a planted flag that your conviction is, is something that people are attracted to because when you say something, you mean it? Or are you a porch swing? Are you the one that... You connect people and get them out of their isolation and connected to one another. I think some, some leaders in leadership positions absolutely possess these qualities. But just because you don't have a position doesn't mean you can't be a power cord, a planted flag, or a porch swing. In fact, I'll tell you what, when I'm looking for leaders in my business, I'm looking for someone who is being this well before they have a position. Hear me clear on this. Everyone out there listening, a position won't make this person one of these characteristics. But if this is who they are, that position becomes an opportunity to magnify and influence more people with who that person is, with who they are. That's good, right? A position won't make them that. But if this is who they are, a position will distribute that influence more broadly and serve more people in those ways. So the question is, who's a leader? I'm going to give a question back to you as an answer to that question. <laughs> My question to you is, who are you? I think you're more than you realize at the moment. Don't sell yourself short. I'm not a leader. I think you're more than you realize at the moment. Be who you are. Be the best power cord that you know how to be. Be the best planted flag that you know how to be. Be the best porch swing that you know how to be. And I'm confident that you are influencing and will influence people to be better. You are a leader. This has been Vitamin Lead. Thank you so much for joining us today. Man, this one is deep in my heart, and I hope to keep revisiting this over and over again. This is deep in my heart of who is a leader. I hope that you see yourself differently after listening to this. I would love to hear some of your story. Feel free to hit us up on Facebook, Vitamin Lead, 
or email us at vitaminleadteam at gmail.com. We would love to hear your story, how it's helping you, how you're applying this to your daily life. I look forward to talking to you soon. Vitamin Lead, your healthy dose of leadership. Bye-bye. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to Vitamin Lead, your healthy dose of leadership. I'm your host, TJ Reed, and we are here in beautiful Vitamin Lead Studios. When I was first uh, uh, figuring out what we would do with Vitamin Lead and searching for images that would really define our brand, I really wanted uh, Vitamin Lead to feel like a shot of vitamin D, right? Uh, that, that sunshiny thing that just makes you feel good, uh, that can help you to feel healthier, feel more confident, right? And so the picture of this beach behind me here is such a good reminder for me of that because that's just one of the things that I love is I, I feel uh, very healthy when I'm in a place like this, when I'm able to go snorkeling or sit out in the sun and just listen to the waves come with the clear waters. And so maybe you're with me, but that's kind of why we're here at Vitamin Lead Studios looking like this. Uh, but I'm excited today uh, because this is now uh, the second video I'm going to record. Uh, the first one that you're going to see, but the second video I'm going to record here from Vitamin Lead Studios and I'm excited to share these podcasts with you via video so that we can maybe even reach a new uh, user on YouTube. And so if you know somebody that would appreciate these leadership lessons on YouTube, would you just send them the link of this? I would very much appreciate it. We're going to put the link. If you're listening on uh, audio podcast, we'll put the link to our YouTube page in the, in the uh, show notes as well on those sites. So I'm excited. I'm excited because today we're going to talk about how will leadership look in the future? And I think sometimes uh, the way that leadership looks is probably how it's starting to look right now, but maybe that we haven't fully embraced. Does that make sense? How will leadership look in the future? Maybe what we're, some of the kind of ripples we're starting to see now that are going to become the regular things in the days to come. And so what I did was I just wrote down two principles of things that I'm seeing personally right now uh, that I wanted to share. And then in a future podcast, uh, maybe in the next week or two, uh, we'll, we'll share a few more things that I think would be really helpful as we think about what leadership looks like in the future. And so the first one is what I'm calling the road trip principle. So if you're taking notes or listening, think about the road trip principle. I remember when I was in college, I went to college uh, just outside Philadelphia and uh, that's where I met my wife, met my best friends and people like that. I, I just, I love that time there. And it amazes me how many times we actually took road trips back to Ohio or uh, to different places. Or it would take us six or seven hours or we'd drive through the night just because we were insane people in our early 20s. And so hopefully you've, you've had that experience because it was a great experience. Things that I loved uh, that I probably couldn't do nowadays. Uh, but if you do do it, you usually have a good group of friends that are helping you to do it. But I remember one specific time, uh, my friend on a Friday was like, hey, I really want to go see you, the U2 exhibit at the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. And so we all piled into his car and we drove the seven or eight hours through the night, got to my parents' house slept a little bit, and then went to downtown Cleveland uh, to see the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. And that was an awesome time. It was a great memory. And if you know anything about taking a road trip with a group of friends, one of the most important things you can do with that group of friends is you rotate who's the driver, especially if you're going to drive through the night. When I was growing up, um, what my parents would do is we would uh, they would take a nap after work, and then they would take shifts where they would begin to drive from our house all the way down to, in Cleveland, Ohio, all the way down to Myrtle Beach or to Florida. And they would drive through the night. Uh, but what they would do is they would take turns in this. I, I, just a little side note, a little bit funny thing, but we would take out the middle seats of the van. Maybe you're uh, a child of the 80s like me. We took the middle seats out of the van. We put a bunch of blankets down. And my parents would drive and we'd roll back and forth <laughs> in that van as as they drove. And so uh, things that you'd probably get uh, some sort of ticket today for. Uh, but I'm grateful that, that those are those are great memories, things that I really enjoyed during that phase of life. 
But this road trip, they would take turns. They would take turns in the driver's seat to make sure that the other person got enough rest and stuff like that. And so this is kind of where this road trip principle comes from. Imagine you're taking a road trip with four friends and it's going to take, let's say, 36 hours. Uh, the best possible thing would be for each of you to take about nine hours where when one gets tired, the other one can hop in. Where one struggles with highways, the other one goes, man, I drive highways really well, but it, what I really hate is those rural back roads or whatever that looks like. And I think it's a lot like that in business. I, I think that we're getting to a point where the person in the hierarchy, the corporate culture, we kind of... Uh, build this hierarchical chart where the person at the top makes all the decisions is in the driver's seat. They know what's going on. And I think we're getting to a point where, and maybe people have been doing this for a while, but you choose the person in the driver's seat who has the most capability for that time. I wrote this down. You, you can go long distances faster when you have more capable drivers in the car. So if you're somebody that's used to hierarchy, maybe you haven't hired the most capable people. Maybe you want to be the smartest person in the room. But if you've been smart about this and you realize your deficiencies, hopefully you filled it with really strong people that make up for some of those deficiencies that you have. We all have strengths and we want to grow in the things that we're deficient at, but it's really important to have people that are much better at things than us on the team. And so you can go long distances faster when you have more capable drivers in the car. Know when to give up the driver's seat. That's an important thing for us as leaders to learn is when am I hindering the growth of the team because I don't have the skills to get us to that next step? When does that person who's really good with data analysis need to drive the car? When does that person who's really passionate about people training need to drive the car? When does that person who knows that our team needs a shot in the arm of encouragement need to drive the car? The humble and patient and uh, high emotional quotient leader will recognize when other drivers need to drive the car. If you're insecure, you feel like you always need to drive the car. But the goal is, is that capable drivers would take over on this road trip. Because we're going to be able to go further. We're going to be able to see more things. We're going to be able to enjoy the sights more when you have more capable drivers in the car. And so maybe for corporate culture, it doesn't need to look like a hierarchy chart, but it needs to look like a diagram of a van with all the different seats and, and really define what each of the people in the seats looks like. And then when does the cycle cause for this person to move to the driver's seat? When does the cycle cause for this person to move to the driver's seat? I think that's one of the things we suffer with in our culture is we expect a lot of times the leader to know and be able to do absolutely everything. I think in the church realm, that's why pastors burn out. I think even with government, that's why government officials can't meet the needs of all the people because they're good at one thing, but they probably need the other people to step in and they don't need to be the hierarchical leader there. I, th I think it's, it's rife in all different industries that this happens. And so uh, the road trip principle, make sure you have capable people because when you have more capable drivers, you can go further distances. So that's one. The second one is what I call the Ussy principle. And I got this one from my friend Wilson. What's up, Wilson? Wilson is a uh, frequent listener of Vitamin Lead, and I'm so grateful for his friendship. Uh, but when we went to Europe last fall in October of 2018, uh, Wilson would always grab people at the different sites and so, say, hey, let's all... Let's all pile in here for an ussy because he would call it an ussy because it's a selfie when it's just you, but it's an ussy when it's us together. And so he did such a great job of kind of writing the story of that trip by pulling us into these different ussies together. And as I began to think about leadership, I thought about that great leaders are great ussy people, right? Um, I, I think part of this is something that great leaders have been doing for a long time, but Ultimately, kind of in tandem with that road trip principle, if you're a leader, it's really important that you make the people that you're leading and working alongside feel like you're writing a story together because you are. And so that's what vision talks do, but then actions speak towards that. It's an ussy principle, that it's not a me principle. It's not a selfie. 
It's an ussy. When somebody asks you, what do you attribute your success to? It's an ussy. It's not a me. And so realizing who really helps us to be successful. I remember being challenged uh, by my boss's boss in the last year. What are you doing to recognize the people that are B or B plus players, the ones that faithfully show up but aren't necessarily desiring leadership, but just want to come and do a great job and know that they're recognized for their work. What a great challenge to remember that it's an ussy. It's not a selfie or anything like that. None of us are our own success. It's helped by the people that have poured into us, the people that have corrected us, the people that have prayed for us, the people that have said, you are making a big mistake. It's all of those people that make into it. And then if, if you're working in an organization, it's it's so often not that you are doing it alone, single-handedly, but it's that it's an ussy thing, not a selfie thing. And so, man, leaders that just go, hey, hop in this picture here. Let's remember this. And realizing that leadership is a journey and when to capture a memory together. I think, I think ussy leaders are willing to be able to say, hey, listen, we just accomplished something great. Let's stop for a second and breathe and be grateful for this moment so that we have the strength, but we also have the memory to look back on when business gets tough again. It's an ussy thing. It's not a selfie thing. And so uh, thank you to Wilson for teaching me that lesson and for teaching us that lesson here as, as part of this. I think I have a lot more in me as I'm going through this podcast and recording this today. I think there's some more about how leadership will look in the future. So I look forward to sharing that in the weeks to come with you. But remember today, the road trip principle. Know that you have a bunch of capable drivers and be willing to put them in the driver's seat when it merits that they should be in the driver's seat. And then the ussy principle. Make sure that you're pulling people into the story and that you're realizing that it's an ussy thing, not a selfie thing. And so uh, I hope that's helpful. Thank you for listening to Vitamin Lead, your healthy dose of leadership. And I look forward to talking to you real soon. Bye-bye. Hey, everybody, and welcome back. You made it back. Welcome back to episode two of Vitamin Lead, your healthy dose of leadership. I am your host, TJ Reed. And I'm so excited you decided to come back for another five-minute episode here with me. Um, Today we're going to be talking about what do you do when you're the new leader in the room. And I want to take this from the perspective of the people that you're going to be leading because I think that they're really going to follow you in four different stages. It's important to understand that so that you can lead well in each of those stages with the people that are there with you. I'm sure it's been labeled and talked about in a variety of different ways with different leaders and I've read those leaders, but here's kind of like how I like to look at it. And so um, let's dive in here real quick into what happens when you're the new leader in the room. So the first thing is that when you're the new leader in the room, people are going to ask the question, why you? Right? Why you? Why did you get this job and I didn't get this job? especially if you're a young leader or a less experienced leader than some people in the room, they're going to be asking the question, why you? They're going to be questioning what skills and competence that you bring to the table that sets you apart from the rest of the group. And that's why you got hired for this role. So it's important that you know the answer to that. You know, we, we ask a lot of questions on the hiring uh, phase, like before we get a job or before we get a promotion. But have you ever taken a few moments to, after you get the job or after you get the promotion, say, hey, what was it that you saw in me that made you choose me for this role? I think that's just as important because what that does is that helps you to be able to answer that question, why you, when your team's looking at you going, what kind of competence do you have? Why do you do that? Because if you understand the competence that you bring to it, you'll also have confidence at the same time, right? And so it's important that you come with both the competence as well as the confidence so that when people are asking why you, you have a ready answer for why you. If you're you're asking yourself that exact same question, you're not going to be able to lead well right off the bat. So answer that question before you ever get in front of the people you're going to be leading. Why you? Why, Why you? What makes you competent and confident to now do this job? And listen... I don't think that you need to be competent in the deep dive of the things and the people that you're leading. 
I think more than anything, a leader is a leader no matter where you place them. But you've also got to be an agile learner, right? And so if you come in and you're competent and you're confident and you know your leadership ability and you know the charge of what you're expected to do, then what you can do is you can dive in with those people, you can learn that work, and you can help to lead them forward towards solutions, resolutions, whatever it takes, whatever kind of strategies you need. So that's the first question is why you? The second thing that they'll do is they'll watch you, right? So the first question is why you? Then they'll watch you. And this is, this is your, your needing to answer the question of character. Can I tell you that a lot of times leadership is just really boring faithfulness? <laughs> Some of the best leaders are people that just show up day in, day out, do the hard work, roll up their sleeves, and get it done. I heard this. One group of people hired a manager they called their GCD manager, and it's called the getting crap done manager. You need to be that person. They're going to be looking at your character. Man, I'll tell you what, I show up to work every day at 7.40 a.m. You can almost set your clock to me. Sometimes I'm a little bit, <laughs> a couple minutes later than that because my daughter decided to throw a fit in the driveway, but you can almost set your watch to me getting to work at 7.40 a.m. most days. Um, and I think that's important. That's important for me that my team, uh, when I expect them to be there early, to be ready to hit the ground running as a team, uh, that they know that I'll be right there with them. And so people are going to be watching your character. So they'll ask, why you? And then they're going to begin to watch you. Who are you when nobody's looking? Who are you when you don't realize that even the people you're leading are looking? Are you somebody that's trustworthy? Are you somebody that is who you say you are? that you're not just saying one thing to their faces and a different thing behind their back. They're gonna be watching you. So the first question is why you. The second thing they're gonna do is watch you. And then hopefully the next, the, the, the third of the fourth steps is that they're gonna do it with you, right? That if they've seen you, that you're competent, you're confident, and that you're a person of character, then they, they, the hope is that you've begun to care for them. That's not just the team that you're leading, but it's your team, right? that you haven't just come in and just barked a bunch of directions at people, but that you've cared about who these people are that you're leading. And so they'll do it with you if they know that you care. Um, you, you ever heard that, that old proverb that says, if you want to go fast, go alone, but if you want to go far, go with others? I think that's so true. I think that you can go fast and you can do things, but you'll be just doing it by yourself, right? And then you could be the king of efficiency, the queen of efficiency, but yet you won't necessarily be helping and caring and leading people. People will go with you when they know that you care. They want to know that you care. So why you is the first question. Then they'll watch you. Then they'll go with you. And then here's the part where you just let go of control. Take a deep breath with me right now. Go, ah. <sighs> This is where you let go of control and they go without you, right? This is the ultimate dream that as you come in as a leader and as you develop more leaders, that then they can do that work without you. That's why you're there. Don't be threatened by the really talented people. Man, I hope that I'm developing six people that could take my job, right? If I'm that insecure, man, I'm missing it. I, I want to develop people. Because I, I, you know what? The person who may have the solutions for this business two years from now might be in a different seat than my seat, right? I might not have it two years from now. I might need to go solve this other problem, either in this company or another company, something that is waiting for me there. But man, if I don't develop that next person who's going to sit in that seat and be ready to take it, Man, I'm missing it. They want to do it. They want to be able to do it without you. I know what this is like. I have a two and a half year old daughter, and just teaching her to eat by herself is a task sometimes. Giving up control, right? I think I'm, I'm very much a Type A personality of wanting to kind of control things, and so uh, helping her to take her plate, sit on, put it on her lap while she sits on the couch instead of her booster seat, and uh, really begin to learn how to eat 
and poke hot dogs and grapes and stuff like that has been an exercise in giving up control for me. And isn't that what it is a lot of times as leaders? It's just choosing to go, you know what? It might make a mess at times. Little side note. Make sure that the messes you allow young leaders and new leaders to make aren't ones that are devastating to to the business or the company, right? Let it be things where they can grow in a controlled environment that it's not going to have a deep impact on what you're doing to the best of your ability. You can't always control that sort of stuff. But if they're going to do it without you, help it to be as much of a controlled environment as you can so that they can grow as leaders. They can do it without you. So quick review. When you're the new leader in the room, the first question they're going to ask is why you? They're asking if you're competent and if you're confident to do the work that you've now been asked to do. Then they're going to watch you. They want to watch your character, your faithfulness, that you're going to show up day in and day out and work just as hard alongside of them. Just because you're in the leader seat doesn't mean that you work any less than the people that you're leading. Then they're going to do it with you if they trust you, right? If they know that you care, they're going to do it with you. That's the, the care that they're looking at from you. And then finally, the goal of all leadership is that they'll do it without you, that you'll be able to give up control. You'll be able to help them to do the things that they need to do. Why you, watch you, with you, then without you. Whew, that's some good stuff right there. I want to hear from you. Are you a new leader? Which one of these four things that that resonated with you? Share it with me. Email us at uh, vitaminleadteam at gmail.com. That's V-I-T-A-M-I-N-L-E-A-D-T-E-A-M at gmail.com. I'd love to hear from you. Uh, or if you've been a leader for a while, man, where'd you get tripped up in one of those four areas? I'd love to share some of the stories that I hear from you so that uh, our community can be encouraged in this. And so uh, you're the new leader in the room. This is what you do. And here's how you're going to grow with the people you're leading. Hope this was beneficial to you. Until next time, thank you for joining us on Vitamin Lead, your healthy dose of leadership. I look forward to the next time we get to connect. Peace. Welcome back, healthy leaders. This is Vitamin Lead, your healthy dose of leadership. And I am your host, TJ Reed. We're now four episodes in. Can you believe that? This is our fourth podcast episode. If this was Star Wars, uh, we'd just be getting good. <laughs> All right, so maybe I just alienated some of you. I'm sorry. That's probably one of the first rules of podcasting to not do. But let's, let's come back from that whole Star Wars thing. Sorry, sorry to do that to you. We're here. We're here again. This is our fourth episode. I am so glad that you're joining us. I'm so glad that you're contributing to the community. I've seen folks begin to listen and apply and share some of what they're learning. I look forward to this being a continual growing community of leaders that are looking to be healthy and to carry out healthy leadership principles. If you have a story, if you want to just share your leadership journey or things that you're learning these days, we'd love to hear from you. Please do email us at vitaminleadteam at gmail.com. That's V-I-T-A-M-I-N-L-E-A-D-T-E-A-M at gmail.com. Vitaminleadteam at gmail.com. We would love to hear from you. Today's part two of our series on being the new leader in the room. I started to think about uh, this in comparison to a trip that uh, my family just recently took. We went on a Disney cruise. Have you ever been on one of these? It is the most uh, magical, exciting, fun time on a boat. I don't know how else to uh, explain it. I could probably explain it a lot more. You know, I, I should be getting paid by Disney because of how much I've shared about my great experience with others about the Disney cruise. But as I began to think about this Disney cruise, this fun that we had with our family, the magical experiences, the memories, the preparation that took to come into it, I began to think about uh, how kind of preparation and hopping on the boat and being a part of the cruise is kind of like beginning to lead a new team and getting people to follow you. Because, man, if you can learn anything from Disney, it's how to get people to follow you. There's people that are crazy about Disney. You know, they dress Disney head to toe. They do whatever, <laughs> whatever things um, 
it takes to get that next pair of Disney clothing or figurine or whatever it is. But Disney knows something about getting people to follow. And especially the Disney Cruise, they know how to continue to get people to follow. I'm uh, sitting here in my uh, kitchen right now and I'm looking at uh, the magnet that they just sent us after our first Disney Cruise. Uh, we're now Castaway Club members. And so uh, I'm excited because they are continuing to want me to be a part of this community that they that they have. And so, they do a good job. But as I began to think about it, I began to think about the different stages of how people get onto the Disney cruise and how there's, as you're coming on and beginning to lead a team and getting people to follow, there's people that are in different stages, right? So the first group is, is the group that we love. They're the people you don't have to worry too much about because they're, they're hard workers. They're trying to do the best that they can and they want to be recognized, but they're going to work hard no matter what you do. And those are the people that they're, they're, they're kind of on board, right? You're onboard people. I love onboard people. People that just go, I'm here to work hard. I want to be a part of this with you. And I want to, and I want to work together to make something great happen. I love those people. Those are people you need to do a good job of recognizing. Sometimes they can fall under the radar because they're consistently good. Do a good job of trying to recognize and honor those people. Let me encourage you in that. The second group of people are those that are just beginning to buy in. They're kind of doing their research, right? They're looking on the Disney website, seeing the different ports of call, the dates, the pricing, what it's going to be worth, what they're going to get out of it. How's it comparison to this cruise line or whatever other cruise line that they're going to be a part of? And so these, these people are great because these people will ask the questions that help you to really dig into the vision of where you're going. I love these people because... They help me to think a lot deeper about the work that we're doing as a team. My, my personality is bent towards, you know, casting a big vision and showing people kind of where we're going. But sometimes I, I, uh, I will miss those details, right? And that's why it's so important as a leader to surround yourself with people that can help you with the details. If you're big vision, great. If you're detail-oriented, surround yourself with people that can see bigger, that can get above the clouds a little bit uh, to begin to help you see the bigger picture. These people are awesome, those that are buying in, that are just doing their research because uh, if, if they're convinced, they're going to be some of your greatest advocates, some of your hardest workers, and, and quite possibly some of your leaders if they're willing to ask those tough questions of you, right? So you got the onboard people, the, those that are buying in, doing their research. Then you got those that are just going to, they're going to be on the dock, right? Uh, have you seen recently this video of this poor young couple on their honeymoon uh, they had docked at an island and they got left there because they were 45 minutes late to showing up for uh, the onboard call. They just weren't listening, right? Um, but they're, you watch the video and they're frantically running back and forth trying to get uh, the, the boat to wait for them, but the boat's pulling away. And listen, as you come on as a new leader and you're trying to get people to follow, there's always going to be those that are going to fall into that category. There's always going to be those that are going to, they're just not going to buy in. They're going to be stuck on the dock asking all the questions, but not being willing to put any feet on the boat, not be willing to put any skin in the game uh, to be a part of uh, the vision and the direction that you're now going as the new leader. And that's okay. I think I think people, they, they, they kind of have like a, organizational expiration date sometimes, right? That it, especially if they idealize the past and the way that it was, it's hard for them sometimes to buy into this next um, iteration of the vision and the journey that the organization is taking. And no fault to them, right? Like we, we all have those. We all got to know when that time is for us, right? That we got to go, okay, listen, I've kind of hit my expiration date. I don't really like the change of direction that we're going. I want to go somewhere else. I want to go do something else. It's just, it doesn't resonate with me anymore. And I, I, I pray for each of us that we have the courage to do that when the time comes, right? Because we all want that for ourselves and for the leaders that we're leading. We want people to be willing to say that sort of stuff. So you got the people that are on board, those that are just kind of buying and doing their research, and then those that'll be on the dock. That's going to be any time that you begin as a new leader, uh, that, that those are going to be the people that you'll have on your team and begin to really understand where they're at in the journey and help them on that journey with wherever they're at. So once you get the people on the boat, the people that want to kind of go that direction, it's, sometimes it's tough getting the people that really are on the dock to realize that they're on the dock, right? But once you get the people on the boat, you want to see who's going to go deep with you. 
And so here, here's the way that you begin to, to help people understand where, you're gonna, where they're going to go deep with you. Because right, if you jump on a cruise ship, you, want, you don't want people that are just going to be hopping off in the middle, middle of the Atlantic Ocean. <laughs> It'll be bad for them, bad for you. All sorts of paperwork, right? But you want to find these people that are going to go deep with you. And so what I did was I just took that word deep and I just created four points out of the D-E-E-P. And so that's what you're going to hear right here. But if you want to begin to see who's going to go deep with you, the first thing you got to begin to, to share about is you got to share about the destination, right? I love like as, you, as you're booking the cruise, you go, ooh, we get to stop at this island and here's what we can do here and here's some of the excursions we can do. This is going to be awesome, right? People need a picture of where they're going. They want to understand that you're not just steering the ship and you have no clue where you're going. They want to know that you know how to get to the Caribbean. They don't, they don't want to hop on headed to the Caribbean and realize that you're, you're going towards the North Pole, that they didn't bring a jacket for this, right? And so to the best of our ability, we got to show them, hey, here's where we're going. Is it in the next month, in the next three months, the next six months, 12 months, whatever it is, here's the direction we're going. And I would love if you would join in and be a part of this with me. And then the second thing is you got to share expectations. You got to share expectations clearly with people. I think this is an area we miss so many times as a leader is we have kind of a lot of these unspoken expectations, even things that are maybe idiosyncrasies for us, but those things are important that if you're leading that team, these are the things that you want to make sure they understand that you're expecting of them. Otherwise, they might not recognize it and frustrate you all along the process. They could be a great employee, but they're frustrating you because you have some unspoken expectation that you're holding them to. And so make your expectations clear. Uh, as we hopped on the Disney ship, as we filled out the paperwork, there's a, there's a decent amount of rules on how to enjoy this Disney cruise responsibly, right? And it's our job as leaders to kind of go, here's the guardrails, guys. We don't want you getting hurt. We don't want you missing the direction that we're going. And so here's my expectation so that we can have a team uh, that is all fairly evaluated and moving in the same direction together. So destination you want to share about, you want to share about your expectations. The third thing you want to share is encouragement with your team. It is so important to show people what you're looking for and to praise those who do it. It's that old leadership adage, what gets rewarded gets repeated. You ever heard that before? What gets rewarded gets repeated. Uh, just earlier today at work, uh, we had a reception for all of our certified trainers at the university uh, in our department. And we honored them, brought them together, gave them a, a letter, signed, uh, we gave them food, and just, just had a great time talking and they got to share some of uh, what they've been learning in this last season of the university with their peers and colleagues. And so that was cool, that was fun. I love stuff like that. I love honoring people, encouraging them in what they're doing. But what was really cool to me is that as this group of people began to walk out of that room, you go out onto the floor where the rest of the team is and they're excited about what just happened in that room. You see what I'm saying here? What gets rewarded gets repeated. Some of those people sitting in their desk that didn't get to be a part of that reception are going, okay, what do I got to do in the next three months to get to that reception? What do I need to become to get to that point with these people? So what we did essentially was we said, listen, this is the thing. We're looking for people that are skilled in these various areas of their work, and then they're able to replicate that in other people. If you can do that, that's what gets noticed. That's what gets rewarded. And that's how you begin to build a culture of people knowing exactly what you're looking for from them. And so encouragement is so important. Like I said before, your onboard people, the ones that are working hard for you, you got to do a good job of recognizing those people because so often you can overlook them because they're not the problem person that uh, you just continue to have to work with on a daily basis. And they're not the person that often wants to uh, rise above the rest of their peers and become a leader on the team. They just want to come and work hard. They want to be recognized and they want to see opportunities to continue to grow as a, a team member. So make sure you encourage those people. And the last thing that you want to do is you want to share about their participation. You want to share feedback with people. Begin to be in, more engaged with them. Begin to help them understand how what participation in this can lead to in their professional career.
here's the, the guys, here's the rules of the game. Here's, here's what we expect of a leader going forward. Here's what we expect of somebody that wants to be a, a senior manager here. The more you can show kind of the ground rules of participation for people, the more they're going to want to be a part of it. Or maybe they don't, right? Like, and that's okay too. I, I know I've said that a couple times so far today, but it's so important that you, you have a clear vision of all of these things. You have a clear vision of where you're going, a clear vision of what an ideal team member looks like, a clear vision of what an ideal leader looks like. Because as you begin to share that with people, they're going to go either, I want to be that, or sometimes they'll, they'll even say, you know what? I don't want to be a part of that. I'm cool with not being a part of that. No hard feelings. That's the best circumstance, right? If somebody just says, no hard feelings. I don't really want to be a part of that. That's okay. But ultimately, you always got to leave it that at any point, someone can choose to not sail with you, right? If you're going to be Disney Cruise Line, and I I always want to be Disney Cruise Line, at least right now, because I I love that sort of stuff. But if you're going to be Disney Cruise Line, they can always choose to go to Carnival. They can always choose to go to Royal Caribbean. They can always choose to go to any of those other um, cruise lines and sail where they're sailing. And that's okay. No hard feelings. You know, I don't want to hold you. Uh, trying to hold on to people that don't want to be there is like trying to grasp sand. It's just going to escape your hands anyways. So, man, lead with an open hand where you go, you know what? Thank you so much for your contribution in this last season at this uh, business. And you know what? Be blessed in going to do that next thing that you, you want to do because uh, that's important too. And I, and I can see that that really fits with what your, your next step professionally should be. So... So to get people to go deep with you, you got to share about destination, where you're going, expectation, how to enjoy it responsibly, encouragement, what gets rewarded gets repeated, and then participation. Here's the rules of the game to continue to move forward with us here. And then, it, and then give people permission at any time to uh, hop on another cruise line, to take another sailing somewhere else. Um, It's, it's, it's just going to be necessary for you as a new leader uh, to, to help people. And the more you define that, the more people are going to either hop all in or all out. And that's okay. Either way is okay. If everybody's hopping all out, you're probably, you probably need to reinvestigate some of your leadership. But for the most part, if you get that stuff well-oiled and, and clear to the team that you're leading, uh, you're going to see those, those folks choose what they're going to do there with you. So that's the end of uh, this second one. This one went a little bit longer, uh, I think because I'm just really passionate about helping new leaders figure out what to do in the roles uh, that they are called to, as well as I I think this time I just, I like talking about the Disney cruise because it was a blast. You should, you should check one out if you have the ability to do so. We went for my, uh, my dad's 60th birthday. And so it was a blast to go together and uh, just have some fun. So All right. Well, friends, uh, this is wrapping up episode four of Vitamin Lead, Your Healthy Dose of Leadership. This is the new leader in the room, part two. And I hope that you will come back and join us again uh, real soon for Vitamin Lead, Your Healthy Dose of Leadership. We'll talk to you soon. Bye.